You ready? I'm going to tell you what's taking place right now. You made a choice this morning to go to the house of God. That's what you done this morning. You woke up, you decided. Nobody forced you. Nobody pushed you. Nobody made you. The Holy Spirit drew you. You made a choice this morning to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the problem. The enemy knew it. So he followed some of you. He rode with some of you. And he met some of you at the door. Now you have to make another choice. Yet again, in your Christendom, you have to make another choice. You will choose to block him out, move him to the side, whatever you got to do. But my prayer this morning is that anything that has been set out against you that will disrupt what you can receive that will change your life, I call the power of the Holy Spirit to wrap that thing up and throw it like a softball. I don't know about you. I just know about me. So I have to speak from where I stand. I'm tired of the enemy coming to my front door. He's getting bold. It used to be that he would sneak in the back door and crawl through the, the window that had the little, the little crack in it. He would slither in when you weren't ready. He is becoming bold. He knows his time is cut short. He is becoming bolder and bolder and bolder. Go ahead and give it to me because I need it. I had to... This morning I took my ring off while I was in study and I left it on my desk. And I got to have that. If I don't put my ring on, then people will go, well, pastor's not wearing his ring. And then they're going to say, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop it. Look, <laughs> if, never mind. You have to make a choice. In everything that you do in life, you have to make a choice. And if you want to better you, better your spiritual walk, better your relationship with God, better your relationship with your marriage, your family, your friends. If you, Anything that you want to do that is bettering you in, in life, you have to make a choice to take another step up. Athletes have to work harder to get better. It's hunting season, man. Hunters have to work harder to be better. Right? If you just keep going to the same old stand year after year and you ain't doing nothing, guess what you're going to get? The same thing you got last year. Nothing. Right? All right, before I get off on that. See, I know I made somebody mad. He's leaving. I, I said something about him changing his deer stand and he didn't said enough's enough. Mm -hmm. Let's see, I'm telling you, you better be careful around me. If you got your Bibles, Tommy, I'm not sure where we're going to start. Let's... Uh, I've got two sets of scripture that I want to tie together, and I don't have a sermon for you this morning. I have two texts of scripture. I've tried putting this thing together, and I've tried to organize it, and it ain't happening. All I have is two texts of scripture. Um, Tommy, let's let's go. Let let let's do. Uh, Let's do Matthew first. Let's go to Matthew 16. I wanted to start at Luke, but we'll start at Matthew. <clears throat> Matthew 16. 
You ready? I'll wait. Now you ready? If you can't find it in your Bible, it's on the screen. You ready? ready. Okay. As long as my wife's ready, then I'm going to move. All right? I ain't got to live with the rest of y'all. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Father, this morning, for whatever the reason, we need clarity. God, I'm asking that your angels, Father, would be sent out and stand in the midst of distraction. Father, that we have clarity this morning. Father, everything that you do and everything that we do, I pray that it's in unity together. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you, plural, He's talking to a group. Who do you, who do y'all, if I got to break it down to, oh, hillbilly, redneck, that type of thing. Who, who do y'all? Who do, I know what they're saying. Who, who do y'all say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Let's go to Luke 22. This is, I'll back you up to Matthew. This is where God, as it is with any of us in our walk, God offers up opportunities. In these opportunities, we have, we've been afforded an opportunity to walk into something that we've not experienced up to that point. God never puts something in front of you to experience the same thing that you've already experienced. That is why most people, more times than not, don't ever get to experience what he's trying to give them because they don't recognize it and they walk away from it. <laughs> Boys, y'all going to make this tough this morning. You're going to make it tough. How many times have you went through life and you woke up two years later and go, man, I wish I would have 
you remember that time, man? I wish I would have known that then. Oh, the favorite saying is, I wish I knew now what I knew then. I wish I knew then what I know now. I don't mind being corrected. It's okay. And I think all of us have come to that point in our life one time or another. Man, if I was younger and I could do it all over again and I knew what I know now, how much further could I be at this point now? If I could just rewind the clock and do it all over. God puts these opportunities in our life. And he sets them out before us. And it's your responsibility. Christian, don't want to hear that word. It's your responsibility to be able to recognize the moment. Stop blaming other people. Stop blaming God that he didn't. God, I wish you would have showed me. I give you an opportunity, but you refused. Y'all remember the title to the series, right? You refused to come up here. You were hung up in everything that everybody else was saying, everything that everybody else was doing. That's where you lived your life. And I've called you away from them, Simon Barjona. Do you not think that the whole, the whole crew of the apostles, the disciples at that time, do you not think that the whole crew knew who Jesus was? They've been following the man for three years. They knew who he was. They have seen him do miracles. They have seen him do the supernaturals. They knew who this man was. They knew he was of God. But for some reason, just like us, we recognize it, but we can't put a name to it. You ever look, man, what's that person's name up? Everybody's going to blame me because i got a bad memory. But everybody's the same. You all walk past them. Man, I knew... You talked to them for 20 minutes, and you walked away and went, man, what was their name? <laughs> They've been with him for three years. They all knew who he was. I would almost be certain that God was revealing it to all of them at the same time. And when God spoke something, it wasn't what everybody else was saying, so they shallowed back. And because they shallowed back in big mouth, my buddy, my brother, my friend, he said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And because he took an opportunity God promoted him at that moment. Took him from where he was. Give him opportunity. He chose it. God said, you're willing. Come up here. Y'all do remember who preached on Pentecost. Big mouth. Peter. 
Why was he chosen? I wonder why. Because he said, man, if God would reveal to me that he's the son of God, what more can he do for me? What more is he willing to put out in me? What more can I be used for? And then all of a sudden, Peter, go preach. You've got the same opportunity, but you have to make a decision. Are you going to shallow back because it's not comfortable? Are you going to shallow back because you don't recognize it? Are you going to shallow back because you don't understand it? What, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do at the moment when somebody comes to you and says, Who's Jesus? shallow back or you go tell them we're never going to get to the next place of revelation in God until we are willing to step out in this revelation of God we've been hung up as Christian people we have been hung up we've been hung up in our salvation and that's all that we think is there. And some of us don't even know and understand, I'm coming, don't even understand or know what salvation even is. Let me tell you something. Just because you believe there's a God doesn't make you his son. Whatever. Don't care. Galatians 1.10. I'm a Christian. No, you're not. The Bible says that sweet water and bitter water can't come out the same stream. And you live one way on Sunday and another way on Tuesday. Come. God's giving you an opportunity to come up here. He doesn't want you just to, just to make it beyond the gate. He's looking. The Bible says that the earth groans for the Son of God, for the sons of God. That's not just the Christian. It's not just the saved. He's wanting the ones that are willing to step. Who's willing to be called out? Who's willing to come up here? Who's willing to do something different this year than they done last year? Will you recognize the opportunity when it's given to you? Or because of the way you've lived your life up to that point, it's hindered you from seeing Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. He's praying that you'll see, that you'll open your eyes, do something. Get with God. You can't, you're not going to get revelation from God when all you're doing is laying down in your muck and mire. You want revelation, you want new, you want a fresh you have to make a decision. you got to make a choice. Are you willing to make that choice? I mean, it's one thing to know what everybody else says about God. It's another thing what you know about God. How many of you in here have 
been a part or have seen, and I'm not talking a backache or a headache, I'm talking about a miracle take place. You, you put your eyes on it, you've been a part of it, you have seen it, you know. Everybody else, you've just heard. I bet if you talked to the ones that have seen, that have experienced, how they speak about that and, and how, they, how they portray Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, how they portray that is going to be way different than how you portray it just because of what you've heard. They know. We've been in ministry for a while. We ain't as old as Moses, but we've been there for a while. It seems like it's been as long as Moses. And I can only put my finger on one true miracle that was documented that I had my hands in. Only one. But I promise you, I know everything about that miracle and that night and that moment in detail. why you ain't go you ain't gonna run me from God you're not I don't whatever your decision is your decision but you're not running me from God not I've experienced it been there hands on it seen it you can't tell me there's no God but with the ones that have heard of the miracles well you know I know God does merit but I haven't you know I don't know. Is it really for today's time? <laughs> I mean, you know. That, that's why I, I do not like this shallow answer. God, I don't know where you're going. I do not like this shallow answer. Can you answer why my daughter's not healed? Because we've laid hands on her and we prayed. Can you tell me why she's not healed? And this is the weak answer that I get from pastors. Well, maybe it's just not her time and, you know, and, and maybe, you know, I, you know. No, I don't know. I don't know. He said. I did. There's no prerequisites. Doesn't say they have to be 25. Doesn't have, it doesn't say they have to be born in February. Doesn't say that. Well, you know, if, if you don't have enough faith when you're praying for them, boy, that one spun me. And then they say, well, they may not have an, enough faith. I, I got news for you shallow-minded Christians. Jesus prayed for people and healed them, and they weren't even saved. They didn't even know what faith was. He went to the lame guy and said, do you want to be healed? He just asked him if he wanted to be. To me, dumb question. I mean, <laughs> but see, that goes to tell me too, man, you've got to want something. You, you can't expect God to move in your home, and you don't want it. You can't just mouth this thing. You've got to put your feet to it. You've got to put the hands to the plow. The Bible says that a man that puts his hands to the plow and lets go and turns back has nothing good for the kingdom. Amen. 
But we do it every day of our Christian walk. I'm going to believe on Sunday. Oh, we're going out with the boys tonight on Tuesday. Man, Wednesday's coming. I'll just stay home because I just don't I feel guilty. So Sunday come back. I'm going to do my religious duty and come back and put my hands to I'm gonna, That's what I want. I want a plow that we can put out front by the door. A hand plow with the big blade on the back. And one day I'll go grab me a donkey and I'm going to hook the donkey up to it too and put it out there. We, we want everything in our life, but we want God to do it for us. Not with us, not through us, not in us. Remember, we talked about this on Wednesday, I think. I think it was Wednesday. I don't know. All my days just go like this. But was it Wednesday? Never mind. Don't matter because I lost that thought right there too. My mind, boy. We, we've got to want it bad enough to do something with it. We get head knowledge of it, but we're not convicted in the heart. That's your title for today, too. It's from the head to the heart. That's your title. From the head to the heart. Because, see, there was something that happened with Peter and the, the disciples. I ain't lost my place. I know where I'm still at. There was something that happened. They all had head knowledge of who Jesus was. Peter just happened to get heart knowledge. He took what he knew, and he had enough faith to push it down. Y'all do remember he was the only one who stepped off the boat like an idiot, right? We call him idiot. We call him crazy. I, I joke about it and call him big mouth. But you know what? I wish half of the Christian would have the gall and the audacity that Peter had. Peter walked with faith. In a storm? Seeing something white come across the ocean and you are going to step off because you thought you heard somebody say, come? No. I'll be down in the bottom. You would too. Don't listen. You would have, if you thought that you was as good of a Christian as you think that you are right now, there's things in your life that you would not experience because you would be above it. But you have to walk through it because you really don't believe it. From head to heart. See, it's easy for us to walk out our faith in our head for a season. We give our heart to Christ on a, on a holy Sunday morning at the altar being led by the pastor of what to say. <laughs> We walk that head knowledge of that salvation out for a season. Until something else approaches us with a power that can cause alternative thoughts in our minds. And now we turn and we go the opposite direction. You're walking, you're growing up, as the word says, you're growing up in your salvation but the moment that something in your life doesn't tickle your fancy. Okay, look, let me help you. 
I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put a spot on your holy garb this morning. The white robe that you put on when you come in, I'm going to put a spot. You do it too. Come on, we all do. I'm not saying don't try to clean that, <laughs> but there's a spot on your robe. See, if you walked in here with a pure white robe and I didn't see a blemish, I'd be scared to death of you. Because I, I would think that you demand. The one that we're talking about, the Son of God, Jesus. That's who I would think that you were. But thank God, he allows me to see your blemish. That's where I got my little authenticity thing at yesterday. See, don't... Mm. The more you camouflage who you really are with people, it devalues your existence in that relationship. How so? Because eventually, whatever is done in the dark... will come to light. And when it does, I no longer think of you the way I used to because I thought that you were... That's why I keep... Man, don't, don't put me on a pedestal. I'm telling you now, brother and sister, I walk hand in hand with you every day. I got my struggles too, brother. I got an opportunity just like you to walk alone and go, God, I can't do it. But I choose. God, I don't want to get back on track. God, I don't feel right. Get back on track. You got to make a choice. When are, when are you going to grow up? Be a man and woman of the faith. Stop. When I was a child, I thought as a child. <laughs> I spoke as a child. But when I grew, I put away childish things. So I began maturing in my faith. So now it wasn't the conflict of what the world would pull me to one way or the other. Now it's a heart thing. I was able to push it from here to here. And now I'm going to live according to this led by the Spirit. And no matter what I'm going to face, no matter what I'm going to hear, no matter what I'm going to feel, I'm going to stay on track. You got to choose that. It's not whatever a man thinketh, so is he. It's whatever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Because from here, y'all do know that the heart is part of the soul. In your soul, it's your mind, your will, and your emotion. Your will is very important. If you walk with Christ long enough and you're praying correctly and you're willing to submit and you're humble enough God will then as Psalm says give you the desires of your heart it's not that you're desiring a bigger house and God will give you the house that has nothing to do with it the desire comes from God he places a desire see my desire I'll just be out there this morning my desire is that each and every Christian come to know God in his fullness. That's my desire for people. 
That's why I do what I do. That's why, Eric, that's why I can't just say I'm done. Done tried that for about six months. No sleep, unrest. When God puts the desire in your heart, you begin to move. And you're willing to do whatever it takes to get to that point. Whatever that desire is, you're willing to do, and I mean whatever it takes to get to that point, just like Jesus. Jesus gave himself up. Humbled himself. Thought it not to be robbery to say that he was equal to God because he knew that he was God. But he still didn't make of himself any reputation. But he humbled himself. He, he came from glory. He wrapped himself up in flesh. And he said, I'm going to go do what man can't do alone and by themselves. And I will give myself as a sacrifice. And he done it because there was a desire that was put in his heart. Don't you think that he, man, come on. He's hit his finger with a hammer. I'm sure of it. He was a carpenter. Any good carpenter is going to have some black and blue and purple fingernails every once in a while. But he chose not to stop in the assignment. Luke 22, 31 through 34. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. He wanted his attention. Anytime there's repetitiveness in the Bible, turn your attention because there's something there. So I had to turn my attention. I had to start looking. Simon means he hears. Jesus at this moment, do I read, let me read through it and then we'll come back and touch on it, okay? And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. the son of man, the God child, the chosen, the redeemer, the door, the savior, the high priest, the only way. I pray. Whew. I ain't trying to belittle your prayer, but Lord have mercy. If I got a choice, I'd rather Jesus pray for me. He said, I, 
But I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Boy, Peter just, Peter just wasn't listening. Jesus says something important right there. And Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I mean, he's a, that's your ride and die right there. He's all in. It don't matter what's going to happen in your life. I'm going to be there. I'll go to jail with you. I'll go to the grave with you. Man, that's a ride or die. See, in your flesh and in your mind, if somebody told you that and they were friends with you, man, that would encourage you. Got news for you. They lie. Good morning, one church. Come on, you ain't never had that, have you? A friend said, I'm there for you, man, and when you need them the most. I got your back. Do me a favor, brother. Please don't take that spot up for somebody that really wants it. <laughs> Please. Just get, don't have my six and don't have my three and nine. Have my 12 so I can keep my eye on you. But he said to the Lord, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And then he said, I'll tell you, Peter. <laughs> you wasn't listening, buddy. I got, I got to tell you again. That's why I had to say your name twice because I was going to have to tell you twice. The rooster shall not crow this day. I mean, he didn't even give Peter a week. He said, the rooster ain't <laughs> today. What I just told you is going to happen today in your ride and die phrase that you're willing to go to jail with me and even die with me. Before that rooster gets done crowing the third time, you would have denied me three times that you know me. Three. You... You're going to deny me three times. I mean, come on, Jesus. This is your dude, man. Just once would have been heartbreaking enough. He told him three times you're going to do it. Simon. 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 Simon, a symbology, a symbol, a symbol of our flesh. Simon. Because that was his earthly father's given name. His father give him, his earthly father give him that name. He's, he's attacking, he's approaching, he is, he's calling his attention. He's calling the times of our weakness. He's calling out to our weakness and saying, look, listen to me. Satan has asked for you. Oh. Satan, Satan has asked for your flesh. Because he knows that he can work your flesh. He's already done it. Amen. He got you in the garden. He's coming back again. Satan has asked 
for you. He says, Satan has asked for you. You is not singular. You in that right there is plural. Peter, Satan has asked for y'all. Simon, Simon. Oh, Simon, Simon. Simon, Simon. That Satan has asked for y'all. Satan wants your flesh. Hey, flesh, Satan's calling for you. He has asked for you. He's went through the appropriate channels. He went to God and asked for just like he did with Job. Simon, Simon, when are we going to understand? When are we going to hear? Sometimes it takes God two or three times to tell us something before we'll hear it. I want your flesh. Because if I can get you to walk and turn with your flesh, I got you. Boy, y'all think Satan's stupid? He'd been a while. He'd been around a while. Oh, he had a bunch of help. Some of them sitting in this chair. <laughs> See, we have to listen. Oh, I'm glad I said that because we're going to approach that. But he's talking to Simon. He's letting Simon know what Satan has asked for. Then he changes gears. Satan has asked for y'all. That he may sift you as wheat. I want to talk about that a minute. To sift you as wheat. Satan has asked that he get a hold to you and just tempt you with everything under the sun. He will tempt your flesh all day long. There ain't but three ways he can get you, right? If y'all been here any length of time, you know the three ways. So we, we got to be careful. We got to make sure that we take care of the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. He, listen, he's smart and he's tricky, but I know a thing or two. I know he can't come after me but in three categories. Now, I just got to figure out when I, get, when I get one of those in my flesh, I got to figure out which, which category is it. And that's the category I got to take to God. Because see, what you're going to learn is the enemy cannot tempt you with what you don't desire. We never know what's going to happen, but sifting you is wheat. He says Satan wants to take you through some hard times. He wants to take you to a threshing floor. And he wants to beat the snot out of you. He wants to beat you. He wants to wear you down. He wants to separate, oh, the shaft, the flesh, 
The wheat, the spirit. The wheat, the fruit. <laughs> Come he wants, he wants to beat you. He wants to separate. But what he doesn't understand is there was an Amos. And Amos said that, I'll, that I'm going to take care of my church, the Israelites. I'm, I'm coming to Israel and, and I'm going to what? Sift as wheat. I am going to beat as wheat. I'm going to separate the shaft from the wheat. And not one grain of wheat shall fall to the ground. The most important thing about that whole deal is there's a harvest at the end. <laughs> he took, <laughs> see, he took all of that wheat that did not touch the ground and he grabbed that wheat up and he took it right on to the harvest barn. Sometimes a good thrashing, not thrashing, threshing, <laughs> Same difference is good for you because it'll separate the shaft from the wheat. See, I don't know about you. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the grain of wheat that gets caught up in the shaft and gets blown away. There's going to be a great falling away. He's talking about the church. He ain't talking about the world. Y'all better understand me right now. There's going to be a great falling away. Why? Because Satan has asked for Simon. Simon. Satan has asked for you that he sifts you like wheat. But then he says, I love this. I have prayed for you. All right, now, now here, you, I'm going to give you time to write that down because it's coming. It's going to be even better. It's going to be even better. He said, I prayed for you. Uh-oh. He went from, from plural to singular. <laughs> there is a you that Jesus said he ain't getting. You, you're, you're going to have to fit, you're going to have to come up here to get it. You're going to have to come up here to get it because there's a difference. He's separating the shaft from the wheat. He said he's looking to sift you. He wants to get through. But I prayed for you that no matter in the sifting, your faith not fail. But pastor, it failed. He denied him three times. Uh-oh. Now what we do? Now what do we do? Pray for you that your faith not fail. I'm just one of those type of thinkers. So I sat and looked and I said, God, I, you say, you prayed, you prayed. That prayer don't get no better than Jesus praying. 
He said, I prayed for you that your faith not fail. But Peter, Peter, you got you to come up here. <laughs> How many of you know this book is full of promises? That's for you. Stay with me. Oh, man, I love when the Holy Spirit just says, here, man, just take your top of your head off. Let me pull this in there. You just keep going. And this book is full of promises for you. I wonder if I took a census, being that we're in the election time. <laughs> we just take a census. How many of you are experiencing all of these promises? Anybody in here might be missing maybe one or two promises in their life right now? Why? God said they were yours. Yes, he did. He sent his son to seal it in blood. You can't get no more sealed than that. Why are we missing some of these promises? Promises in this book. See, somebody got called out. Some, some, somebody at one time in their life was spoken to and said, come up here. And the choice was made. Those who have an ear, let them hear. Peter had to make a choice. You told me you was going to ride or die. Here's your opportunity to prove it. Oh, come on, church. Man, let's stop being so faint at heart. And we want to backpedal when the word comes from the pulpit that there's accountability and responsibility on our part as Christian people. It's what calls us, it's what calls us from salvation to disciples. All oh, you've heard it preached that if a man lay with a woman, he's an adulterer. But I say, if you look upon a woman with lust in your heart, you're an adulterer. See, the Christian wants to live here. Because there's not a whole lot of responsibility, they think. But see, when you cross that line, brother and sister, when you cross that line and you say, I am a child of the king, there comes a demand placed upon your life that's sealed by the Holy Spirit, and it causes you and it expects you to do differently. You can't be a Christian Sunday and go lay with somebody on Tuesday and think it's okay, unless it's your husband or wife, and think it's okay. It's not okay. And God does not understand. He knows why you've done it because he's all-knowing. He's omniscient. 
but he don't know why you do it. Knucklehead, I've given you everything that I can possibly give you. That you be freed from the bondage of sin and you have chose yet again. Come up here. See, we've got to make a decision. When we're called out, Simon, Simon. He's screaming at the flesh. He's letting us know that there, there's going to come a time when you're going to be sifted. He knows it so much so that he knows you're going to fail in the midst of it if you remain where you are. It wasn't until he got the revelation from God that you are the son of Christ or you're the Christ, the son of God. It wasn't until then that Jesus called him again from Simon to Peter. If Simon means to hear... And he said it twice. Please listen. Simon, Simon, no longer will your name be Simon, but now your name will be Peter. And it's upon this rock that I'll build my church. It's upon this rock. What rock? Not Simon. I quit. I'm not building my church on Simon. Because Simon will fail. Simon will falter. I'm God. I can't build my church. On sand. I have to build my church on a rock. The chief cornerstone. See, that's why he was called Petros and not Petra. Petros is the small part. Petra is the big part. Petra is daddy, father. See, that's why in Catholicism, I'm coming. I'm coming. That's why it is wrong for anyone to go and repent and confess their sins to someone they call father other than father the father of heaven it says do not call any man on this earth father it says it it's plain it's black and white it tells you not to do it and we're consistently doing it and we think we're on the highway to heaven when all of a sudden buddy it starts getting a little hot on this revelation Peter this revelation that I've given you when I call you from here and you choose to come up here I'm going to show you things what did, he, what did he do what did he do to John he showed John stuff just crazy The difference with, between what he showed John 
Y'all got to help me. I mean, there's so much to the Bible. There's somebody else that, that saw something and God told him not to, not to repeat it, put it in the book and seal it. Help me. Come on, Bible readers. There was a vision. See, I put myself, I'll be a fool for Jesus Christ all day long. I don't know it all. I know it's in here. <laughs> there, there, there was another man that he said, do not speak of these things. They were unspeakable. And when John got there, he told John, write this thing down. <laughs> put it in the, let it out, baby. Tell them. Tell them what it's going to take. Tell them what's coming. Tell them where they need to stand. But we can't sit down here, Simon. Simon sits. <laughs> Simon says, sit. And the church sits. God says, come up here. on this rock that I'll be listen if you try to figure out why that you ain't getting where you're supposed to be and God I'm gonna hurt your feelings but it's okay it's okay because you still have a chance because you still have that last second that just went by <laughs> you, you've got an opportunity to come up here you've got the opportunity just like Peter did Just like Moses did. Just like Jesus did. You've got an opportunity to come up here. I know it's hard. He, man, he's sifting. Whew. I wish he would use one of them little shakers that's got the big holes in it, not the one with the little hole, because the big holes just let you drop through pretty quick. Them little holes, man, they just smack, man. They beat you to death like your old beat-up piece of flour, man. They just... Y'all ever seen your mama or grandma use that stuff, man, and beat that stuff to the side of the bowl and I just giving it the you know? I ain't just wearing it out. I wish he put me in a sifter with big hose. Wouldn't hurt as bad. But wouldn't grow me as much either. Oh, see, because the good stuff has got to be broken up sometime. The olive can't give its purpose unless it's crushed. We got to be beat sometime. So it's not a bad thing. Paul said it's good that I was afflicted. Simon, Simon. No longer will your name be called. Do y'all remember Jacob when he laid his head on the rock? That wasn't Jacob. Yeah, it is Jacob. What did Jacob's name become? Was it Jacob? Nope. Give me the name. Israel. Starts with a J. Who is it? Man. Y'all got that much going through y'all's mind right now too? No longer will your name be, but be Israel. It was Jacob. I'm not losing it. It just wasn't in that part that I was supposed to be talking about it. But you, you, you remember when Jacob got into a wrestling match? And he held on. 
See, there's some of you that's going to have to fight. Oh, God called you, but it's just not as easy. Some of you are going to have to fight. Maybe it's because you've mouthed so much through life that God wants to believe that it's in your heart now. Oh, you've said it. You played a good game. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You, you played a good game. Now you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to hold on. And you're going to have to demand your blessing. There was a name change that came with that. <laughs> Jacob. His name will no longer be called Jacob. But it'll be his. Oh, he called him up. He called. Listen. When God changes your name, he's changing your name to your purpose. Your purpose is going to require you to come up here. You can't obtain your purpose as Simon. You've got to become Peter. You can't preach that sermon, Simon. Peter sure can. But Simon can't get it done. Simon will fall. Simon will give up. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Simon, you're going to fail. And when you, and when you do, when you come back to me, <laughs> he let him know, look, it's going to happen. You're going to fall, but you're going to come back. And when you come back, I want you to take what you've been strengthened in and strengthen your brothers. See, I, I want you to take what you've gone through and what you have fought through. You're, what you're going through right now in life is not in vain unless you consider it to be. You've got to want sometimes the things that you're going through. God, teach me in this. God, strengthen me in this. God, show me in this that I might be able to help my brother or my sister, that I may be able to strengthen them in their faith. That's why the Bible says do not neglect the gathering. Some of them need King James. Do not forsake the gathering. They understand that better. Why? Why? For the building up of one another. We gotta stop, we gotta stop quoting these scriptures in half and putting a dot 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 on the end and saying calling it good because people ain't hearing your dot 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 when you stop talking. There's more to the story, baby. And you got dogmatic preachers that, that will tell you, don't forsake the gathering, get your buddy in church, we gotta have your money. That's why they're telling you to come. Because they want to preach to thousands. I'd rather not. Got enough issue with just a couple. <laughs> you got to rejoice in your blessings. God knows better for me. <laughs> when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. When you have returned to me, so I know you're going to fall. I know you're going through it. You're going you're gonna to give my name up three times. But when you come back, I want you to use what you got, what you learned, what you went through, and strengthen your brothers. If Peter would have just listened, 
he didn't know what was going to happen. And he wouldn't have had to flip out. And he wouldn't have had to run away. He ran away. He... Look. Okay. So that you know that he backslid. Y'all need to hear that word too, right? Because that's King James stuff. He backslid. So that you know that he backslid. Where did Jesus find him after all this? I'll help you. Found him on the beach fishing. Where was Peter when Jesus first found him? See, you get, got it, man. Locked, sealed, and delivered, baby. He went back. You give up. I mean, Jesus, after all, Jesus died on the cross. And they buried him. Everything that Jesus had showed them and told them and give them hope for is now gone. They took, they took the disciples' hope away. Just like the coronavirus. Just like it did. It took people's hope away. I can show you by numbers, brother. It took people's hope away. See, when you shut down a church and people can't get spoon-fed all the time, they have a tendency to turn back. We're going to have to go find them again. Praise the Lord. We're going to have to get up out of the church, and we're going to have to go outside the four walls, and we're going to have to find them again because they're back on the beach. <laughs> they might not be fishing, but they're back on the beach. They're in the bars. They're on the corners. Come on, church. This is good time preaching right here. They've turned back. Why? Their hope was taken away. Church was, the church was all they had because that's all they've been taught. Is it the church? No, it's the people. You make up the church. I mean, I just wonder. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I just wonder in the time of all of this, how many people were calling each other to talk about Jesus or to give hope and encouragement? Not what CNN said and ABC and NBC and Fox and this. Because I know y'all done that. That was, the hot, that was the hot topic, baby. That thing, that thing was, what, what do they call it on Twitter? It's what? It's trending. I ain't up to date. But it's trending. It was trending in the church. We took, we fed into what was devised to remove us to begin with. Y'all don't have to believe it. I'm just telling you how I think. And we used what was there and we stole the hope. How dare you? Shame on you. I mean, are you going to call, let me get it personal. Are you going to call your mother or your father that's in stage four cancer and say, well, you know, the best of them died from cancer. I don't really know there's a cure for cancer. They ain't done nothing yet with cancer. I seen something on the news the other day about cancer. If you are, man, shame on you. But you should be, what? 
giving hope, feeding encouragement, giving them the word. The Bible says man can't live by bread alone. They already eaten, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's every word that comes out of the mouth of God right there. We, we chose, and we're, I'm just, I'm trying to be honest. We are called up here. We're chosen to be up here. But I don't necessarily know that we've made a choice to go up here. Peter, when you come back, because you're coming back. See, your flesh failed. I didn't lose my spot 20 minutes ago. Your flesh failed. Not your faith. Because I came back to you. And if you didn't have no faith, you wouldn't have repented. Because that's what he, he changed the way he was thinking. And Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes. And he said, Peter, do you, do you love me? Yes. Peter. Do you love me? Lord, you know I do. And Peter went on to preach. He got to go down in history, one of the hottest sermons ever preached from a man's mouth. He added to the church 3,500 in one day. I would have passed out if I was the preacher. I'd have been calling Peter to my office. And said, dude, you got a satellite. And you will take them people right over there. I'm dealing with what I got. If only I knew then what I know now. Peter, do you love me? Father, you know I do. He didn't say, Simon, do you love me? Jesus had moved on from Simon. And I think that's what some of us need to do. We need to move on from Simon. And we need to move into Peter. Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him? <coughs> we can't just say it no more. It's got to go from our head to our heart. We can't just talk about it anymore. 
We've got to start walking it out. Oh, their lips serve me. Bible says that if you give way to your flesh, you'll die by the flesh. If you'll feed the flesh, if you'll walk by the flesh, if you'll do what the flesh says, if you'll give way to your flesh, you'll die. But if you give way to your spirit, if you walk by the spirit, you tend to the spirit, you grow the spirit, you nurture the spirit, you have freedom and life. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you. But I've prayed for you that your faith won't fail. It's going to be rough. It's going to be tough. But are you willing to hang in there? Are you willing? Are you willing? You know when they talk about putting on the whole armor of God. And they've got these shields. The shield of faith. Isn't it amazing that the shield would be faith and it's out front? Wouldn't it be amazing that the shield is the faith. And it stays out. And it takes the brunt end of it all. That it gets beat. And then it gets walloped. It gets tore up. It gets broke. It gets bent. It gets tried. It gets tested. The shield, it's got the little point on the end and they used to take and burrow that down into the ground. You're going to have to do that with your faith. You need to grab a hold of your faith this morning and you need to stick it in the ground. And the frontline soldiers would go behind that shield and they would brace. They would dig their heels in and they would hold they would hold to the faith. They held to that shield. Some of them didn't make it. Some of them did. What will you be? Will you be the one to make it? Or not? You're going to have to take this from your head to your heart. Don't let storms of uncertainty distract you from what God's called you to. Amen, Father. I'll take that one. Sometimes I got to speak to myself. David says, sometimes I got to encourage myself. Because everybody else ain't encouraged. They go, man, did you read the news, Linda, about the corona? <laughs> did you hear what they said? I got to encourage myself sometimes in the Lord. And it's hard. And I fail. I fail. But when I come back, when I return, I take what I have and I bring it to the people and I encourage you. Listen, I'm a product of failure. 
<laughs> that has been brought back. What was that? I don't know what that was, but my daughter, that was it for me, dude. I am done. She took everything in here and she just took it away. We all are going to fail. But when you come back, take what you've learned. Do you know that Peter learned from that? I think I put that scripture in here. Yeah. Peter learned from that circumstance and that situation because this is what he wrote in 1 Peter 5. He said, be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Peter learned. Peter said, man, this is for real. This is for real.